We're not just a couple of middle-aged fat guys talking about classic rock. We're going bald, too. It's the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. And that's nothing but pure and simple old-fashioned communism. Some French critics called it disgusting, repellent, a cultural Chernobyl. But when I was there, I was as happy as a little girl. That's right. That's my gift to you. Can't no one compel another man to engage in recreation. Certainly not a son of a gun as ill-humored as yourself. Winner of this week's Gulf Coast Golf Classic was Chai Chai Rotterguiz. There there's a rumor going around the circus that that dwarf and the elephant were lovers. I have wrestled with an alligator. I don't tussle with a whale. I don't handcuff lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Atomic batteries to power. I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between, the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on. Yes! That's awesome! We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And you are invited to come along. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. And now, your host, Jeremy Lunnan. Yeah, we don't know anything about that fellow there. Who is he? Where is he coming from? It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. It's that time again. Time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm, I'm looking forward to our discussion today. This episode is going to be a little different. There's really about three things that I want to make sure we talk about. Number one, I want to kind of give you an update on what's going on with the podcast, some announcements uh, that, that I want to make to you. Also, I want to talk about one of these great Beatles mysteries. You know, over the years, there have been a, a couple different mysteries around the Beatles, conspiracy theories, right? Uh, the whole thing about Paul being dead. There's the whole conspiracy theory about Paul being replaced by an imposter. All these crazy things. Well, we're going to talk about a Beatles conspiracy that happened after the Beatles broke up. This is from the mid-70s. So we want to spend a little time talking about that. And then I want to wrap things up with a discussion on what I call my guilty pleasures. What do I mean by that? Guilty pleasures are bands that I'm a fan of that aren't really classic rock. These might be the bands that you wouldn't tell your friends you really liked. Okay. I want to share a few of those because I, I got about five. These are five bands that I'm a big fan of, even though they really have very little to do with classic rock. I think that would be fun to talk about. And I would love to hear your guilty pleasures by the way you can email me those at classic guitar rock at mail.com and speaking of email i wanted to share an email that we got uh this week from a, a listener named lauren she says hi jeremy i love your podcast on mtv and its effect on classic rock boc and kansas are my two favorite bands so it was funny that you mentioned both of them. <laughs> Go back and listen to the last episode. We talked, uh, we mentioned those bands in our, our discussion. 
She continues, I do think Buck Darma and Steve Walsh are good looking guys, but yes, those two bands along with Rush, Styx and several other great 70s, 70s bands were pretty beat up in the 80s. I'm old enough, however, to remember Tommy Shaw being quite popular in the teen mags for a couple of years in the early 80s. To be honest, I have to say that the videos from all these bands listed above pretty much sucked anyway, regardless of the lack of charisma and sex appeal of the band members. BOC's attempt at videos was horrible, and I'm betting they probably hated doing videos anyway. These are bands that relied on pure 100% musicianship to get by. Other than the laser shows and robot idea, <laughs> I never forgave Dennis for that. Buck Dharma is a killer guitarist, and I don't even know where to start with the talent in the original lineup of Kansas. Great points that Lauren makes, and she went on to say some nice things, and, and we really appreciate you listening, Lauren. And again, I would encourage anyone to email us at, at any time. I have one more email I want to share with you. And full disclosure... This is a buddy of mine, James, that I went to high school from. And, and isn't it great how the internet, social media brings us together, keeps us together with, with, uh, friends from the past. So I got an email from my buddy, James, who lives in Virginia. He says, how are you doing? I just listened to your classic guitar rock countdown during my commute home today, the rush and 1980 episodes. Good tunes. Great to hear you on the radio again. Well, technically, I'm not on the radio, <laughs> but I used to be. He says, I have a different Rush Top 10, but I agree that all you selected are great. Some suggestions for Top 10s. You too, The Police, Van Halen, uh, Do the Year 1983, Women-Led Bands, Queen and Aerosmith. Those are all great ideas. So I guarantee you, James, we will do each of those coming up. I'm, those are all great topics for, for uh, Top 10 lists. He mentions the Classic Guitar Rock Countdown. The Classic Guitar Rock Countdown is our sister podcast that's only available on Spotify Premium. So if you have Spotify Premium, check it out, the Classic Guitar Rock Countdown. Now, if you just listen to Spotify and don't have Premium, what happens is when you listen to it, it only plays about 30 seconds of each song. So you can hear the content. You can hear me talking about it. But you really don't get the full effect unless you have Spotify Premium that plays all the songs. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So thanks to James for emailing us. Thanks to Lauren. And there was a plug for the classic guitar rock countdown. Okay. First thing I want to do uh, before we get into our Beatles conspiracy and my guilty pleasures is I want to just kind of give you a heads up on what we're doing with the podcast, some exciting things. First of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we just continue to steadily grow, continue to have downloads. And I really appreciate it. So please like subscribe, follow, share. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends and rating and reviewing is very helpful also. So if you like the, I don't want you to do any of this if you don't like the podcast, but if you do like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on Apple podcasts. That would be wonderful. But a couple big announcements. The big one is our website is going to go live next week. We're shooting for Monday. So hopefully Monday next week, uh, you'll see the new podcast. I have a, or the new website. 
I have a new partner coming on board. His name is John, and John will actually be joining me on the show here in the next few weeks. And he is our web designer, and he's done a phenomenal job. I think you'll really like the website. Uh, there'll be more ways for you to interact with us. You can sign up for a newsletter and just exciting things. The website address will be www.classicguitarrock.com www.classicguitarrock.com. You can go to that, that uh, URL right now. And I, I don't think it shows you anything or it, it, I'm not sure what it will show you. John might already have the site up and I just don't know about it. <laughs> but anyways, that will be the uh, web address when we officially go live next week. And I'm excited about it. I think you'll like the websites really cool and we'll be able to do some, some cool stuff there. The next announcement related to the podcast is we are going to start doing a video version of the podcast. And when I say video, I don't mean just two fat guys on Zoom talking. I mean, we're actually going to do a video version of the show that will be, you know, like I said, not just sitting and seeing two boxes on Zoom, but, but an actual video filmed in a studio type of show. That's probably a couple months down the road, but just wanted to make you aware of that. Looking forward to that. And I think that will be a lot of fun. So when we come back, we're going to talk about this Beatles conspiracy from the mid seventies. And we're also going to talk about Jeremy's guilty pleasures. But first, let me talk to you about one of our great sponsors. Uh, this is a book called Crazy Is As Crazy Does, The Life of a Serial Killer by John Mudgett. And this is a tensely clever first-person psychological thriller that deep dives into the world of an experienced serial killer. The ebook is available for purchase via Amazon, and it's free if you're a Kindle Unlimited reader. Uh, the protagonist in the book, John Goodman, is fictional, but the circumstances of Goodman's dark life are firmly rooted in historical characters and events. Crazy is as crazy does begins in 1955 and follows John as he evolves from a timid and disorganized criminal into a powerful mastermind of deception and intimidation. Check that out. Crazy is as crazy does the life of a serial killer by John Mudgett on Amazon.com. When we come back, let's talk about this Beatles conspiracy and my guilty pleasures. In your mind, you have capacities, you know, to telepath messages through the vast Please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think. Attention. If you live in Spokane, Washington, and have teeth, this message is for you. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry knows teeth. Incisors, bicuspids, canines, molars. No tooth is too big or too small. I was delighted and impressed. So impressed, I bought the company. With Braun and Jarvis, you'll have the sweetest grill in the inland northwest. And let's be honest, nobody wants a funky grill. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry, 509-464-2391. That's 509-464-2391. Braun and Jarvis Family Dentistry, quality dentistry that doesn't suck. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, for some reason or another, you sound a little taller on radio. <laughs> Jeremy London on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy. Today, we're going to talk about... A Beatles conspiracy. I love these Beatles conspiracies. And this is one that actually took place after they broke up. This is from the mid-70s. We'll dig into that. First, I want to remind you about another great sponsor of ours, Campfire Audio. Campfire Audio is a premier manufacturer of quality earphones. And Campfire Audio springs from a passionate focus on refined audio reproduction. With a small team of highly skilled and dedicated craftspeople, they continuously experiment with materials and techniques to create something unique and special for the people who care most about it. With determination and focus, prototypes turn into world-class earphones, and each model in their earphone line is designed and assembled by hand in their Portland, Oregon workshop. Their earphones are second to none in performance and finish And rest assured that when you purchase a Campfire Audio earphone, you are the proud owner of a world-class product from a company that confidently stands behind everything it creates. Check them out today, campfireaudio.com. Okay, we're going back to 1976. And there's this band out of Canada called Klaatu, K-L-A-A-T-U. Now, if you're a science fiction fan, you might recognize that name. Klaatu is the name of the character from the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still. Remember, he walks off of the spaceship. He's he's the ambassador from an extraterrestrial confederation who visits the Earth. His name was Klaatu. So this band releases this album called 3.47 a.m. Uh, and, and to be honest, not much happened with it. You know, it kind of came and went. They had kind of minor success with this a song called Calling Occupants. In fact, I played it uh, as our outro music. Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft, which was later in the late 70s, a hit by the Carpenters. You might remember that version. Well, this album kind of came and, and went and no one really thought much of it. But then... In 1977, an article published in the Providence Journal, written by journalist Steve Smith, speculated that this album could actually be a secret recording that the Beatles had released. Now, when you listen to it, musically, not so much vocally, but musically especially, it has a very Beatlesque sound. These guys were obviously Beatles fans. Whoever made this album, if it wasn't actually the Beatles, it was someone who knew uh, uh, the Beatles music and was a fan. So, musically speaking, you hear a lot of the elements that you would hear from the Beatles. 
And as is the case with a lot of these conspiracies, the record company didn't do much to, to, to squash it, right? They kind of let it play out because why? Because it's publicity. It's good marketing. And so there were a number of little coincidences that they would point to, to say, oh yeah, this is, this is Beatles. Number one, on the album, there's no listing of the musicians, of the writers, no pictures. Uh, so it's just an open slate, right? It's on the Capitol label, which, which the Beatles were on Capitol, right? Perhaps the, the most interesting connection was we talked about this figure Clatu, where they got the name from. Well, around the same time, Ringo Starr had released an album. And on the cover of the album, he's kind of reenacting that scene from the, the day the earth stood still. It's just Ringo's head instead of the Clatu figure's head. So there's a link there. Ringo's got this album that's using the, the day the earth stood still, just like this album. So all of this stuff is kind of being compounded. People would call and ask. And, and, and of course, the studios kind of basically had a, we can't confirm or deny type of approach just, just to make it, <laughs> to, to milk it for all it was worth. So this went on for several months. And while all this is happening, okay, remember the album came out in 76, a few months after it had come out, all this happened. So this is 77 when all this is going on. And the band at this time is actually in England recording their second album. And they're hearing about all of this and they kind of, I think they just thought it was kind of funny. They, I mean, they didn't jump out to stop it. They just thought it was kind of interesting that this was going on. And again, you know, why stop a good thing? If this, if this hype is, is promoting the band, then, then why not let that continue? But they didn't take them completely seriously. In fact, uh, a magazine in the UK called the New Musical Express published an article about this whole Beatles Clatu theory. The title of the article was Deaf Idiot Journalist Starts Beatle Rumor. <laughs> So they weren't taking it seriously at all. And, and actually all it took was someone to do a little research and a radio program director named Dwight Douglas, who was at station WWDC in Washington, DC. He just checked the records in the U S copyright office and it told who the band members were, the songwriters names. Obviously it wasn't the Beatles, but it just shows you how much people wanted to believe. And guys, if you were a little young, it was a big deal when the Beatles broke up. And for years afterwards, there was all kinds of talk and speculation. Will the Beatles ever get together? Will they ever do anything? There was a rumor that Lorne Michaels, who had just started Saturday Night Live, was going to pay them an astronomical amount of money to come on and, and, and do a performance on Saturday Night Live. But there was all of this talk about the Beatles and people wanting them to get together because this was the biggest band of all time, possibly still the biggest band of all time, but, but in the seventies, for sure, this was the biggest band that there had ever been. And so there's a lot of talk about this reunion stuff. And I think a lot of wishful hoping in terms of people talking about this album. And of course, you know, once John Lennon was killed in 1980, any talk of a reunion was obviously Null and void. It didn't matter at that point. But throughout the 70s, 
there was always this talk and, and rumors about, will the Beatles ever get together? Wouldn't it be cool if they did? Now, this album itself is not a bad album. I mean, if you're a Beatles fan, if you're a fan of Sgt. Pepper's and the later Beatles stuff, it's a, it's a nice listen. It's a, kind of a cool album. I enjoy listening to it. Uh, again, the album is called Clatu. 347 AM is the name of the album. Came out in 1976. You can stream it. I mentioned the version that the Carpenters did in the late seventies. That was my first exposure to the song Calling Occupants. And I've gone back and revisited that song as well. And it's kind of a cool tune. So check it out. Uh, kind of a fun little Beatles conspiracy. And, and in 1976, at least for a few months, this was kind of the buzz in the rock and roll world. Okay. Now let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about Jeremy's guilty pleasures. Now I have come up with a list of five artists that I've always been a huge fan of, even though they're not really classic rock artists, but these, for whatever reason, these artists all have a soft spot in my heart. And I would love to hear what yours are too. Email me, classicguitarrocketmail.com. I mentioned the Carpenters. And I even mentioned in a past episode how I was a big fan of Karen Carpenter. Well, that's that's the number one guilty pleasure group on my list. It's the Carpenters. You know these reaction videos on YouTube? Do you ever watch those? I love watching those. They're terrible time wasters, but it's fun to watch them. I've been watching reaction videos to Karen Carpenter. And Karen Carpenter is a very interesting figure. Now they were guys that you didn't get any more sappy light rock than the Carpenters, right? Really mellow, very much a, a, you know, soft adult contemporary sound. But man, what a talented duo, brother and sister duo. Karen, of course, got all the spotlight, but her brother Richard was kind of the brains behind the outfit. He found a lot of the songs that they could do, uh, find, you know, they wrote some, but mostly they would sing, uh, perform other people's music. He was a phenomenal musician, arranger, and really was responsible for getting Karen out front as a vocalist. Karen was a drummer. And it's funny to watch old videos of her singing while she's playing the drums. And she's a good drummer, too. And just a tragedy. She died in 1983 of anorexia. But for that 12, 10-year period, you know, throughout the 70s, the Carpenters were very popular, very successful. And let me get back to my point about these reaction videos. Most of these reaction videos on YouTube are, are folks that are younger, too young to have heard the Carpenters. And it's amazing to see these folks that are hearing her for the first time and they're blown away. She had, this is a cliche, but she really did have like a voice like an angel, you know, just a very beautiful voice and you hear this is the this is the music nerd in me coming out and this was confirmed in some interviews i've heard you can tell with her delivery that she is singing very quietly and she's very very close to the mic you can just hear the way she's mic that it's a very intimate recording right 
And others have confirmed that, you know, if you'd sit in the car with her and hear her sing, her voice was very quiet and very soft. And because she has a delivery like that, it, it's just as a very unique sound. Uh, so the Carpenters are my first guilty pleasure. And I still, to this day, will go back and listen to their albums uh, from front to back. Because, you know, guys, good music is good music regardless of the genre, and the Carpenters had great music, very talented. One of the cool stories about the Carpenters, by the way, I believe it was their song Goodbye Again from about 1975. Very slow, sappy love song. And then at the end, it's got one of the raunchiest fuzz tone guitar solos of the time. And it, it's just funny. It's kind of jarring. You hear it and you go, whoa! But, but Richard who was kind of the producer slash arranger. That's what he wanted. So it's very interesting to hear this nice, soft ballad. And then there's this ripping, fuzzy guitar solo going out. Check it out. I, I believe it's Goodbye Again is the track. But really fun to check out. Another one on my guilty pleasure list. And this is one of those celebrity deaths that hit me really hard because I was such a big fan of his. And that is John Denver. John Denver, just an excellent musician, talented guy, great writer, great guitarist, and just a, a great guy. Who didn't like the PBS specials that John Denver would make? You know, they were awesome. Great stuff. And he was kind of the soundtrack of my childhood. You know, my folks would buy me records, John Denver records. I listened to those all growing up. And so when he died in the late nineties, I was sad. It was like losing a member of the family. Uh, but John Denver still, I'm a huge fan and I will still on occasion find a John Denver concert on YouTube and watch it. Listen to it quite a bit. John Denver's another one of my guilty pleasures. Now in about, it had to have been late seventies. So I was getting into music and I used to stay up late on Friday night and watch Midnight Special. Well, one night on Midnight Special, there was a band on that I'd heard of them. And I'd even heard a few songs on the radio over the last few years, the, the recent few years. But when I saw them on Midnight Special, I was, I was hooked. And in fact, some of the earliest albums I bought with my own money were this, were from this band. And this is the Commodores. I love the Commodores. And because I love the Commodores, I love Lionel Richie. So, you know, all my hard rock friends in high school, when, when they hear me singing, you are the sun, you are the red, they'd laugh at me, right? Is that Lionel Richie? I'm like, yeah, I love Lionel Richie. Well, I was a huge Lionel Richie fan, huge Commodores fan. I can just remember watching uh, this episode of Midnight Special and they kicked off they're set with Brick House. And I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And in fact, I think that weekend I might have gone up and bought uh, a Commodore's record. I had a few of their records, but they were just a great R&B funk band. And, and if you only know the Lionel Richie stuff, which is awesome, you got to go back and listen to like Fancy Dancer and Machine Gun, which is a great instrumental song. Love is Slippery When Wet. I mean, all of these great funky songs that the Commodores had, uh, they were awesome. Very soft spot in my heart for the Commodores and for Lionel Richie. Another band, we talked about MTV 
on the last episode, and I even talked about these guys. I didn't admit on that episode, but I'll admit we're friends here. I'll make this admission. I really like Duran Duran. And guys, that's something you could not admit in my circle of friends. You know, all of my friends wearing their Judas Priest Motley Crue shirts. If I was to say, I really like Duran Duran, they would have punched me, right? But I love Duran Duran. Even even back in the day on MTV, all the girls like Duran Duran, but man, Hungry Like the Wolf and Rio and Girls on Film, those songs would come on and and I dug those. And listen to the bass lines on some Duran Duran. So that guy could play just catchy songs. They were, they were MTV. I mean, when I think of MTV, the immediate band that comes to my mind is Duran Duran because they were such a big part of the early days of MTV and they had catchy songs. I liked it. And, and now I'm comfortable enough in my own skin to admit I really like Duran Duran. Now my last guilty pleasure, and I really shouldn't be guilty about this because this person is just a world-class musician recognized around the world as one of the best. And that is Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell, obviously mostly known for his country music, but I saw an interview with Glenn Campbell. He, he died probably five or six years ago now, but I saw an interview with him and he said he was watching the one of those VH1 countdown shows where it was like the top 100 songs of the 70s and he says as he as he got through that countdown he realized he he had played he personally had played on almost half of the songs so think about that Glenn Campbell was in the 70s kind of what Steve Lukather was in the 80s i mean he played on just about everything. He was part of a group of musicians in Southern California called the Wrecking Crew. And the Wrecking Crew was famous for playing on, on some of the biggest albums ever. And they did not get the credit they deserve, right? <laughs> because so much of these famous albums were the product of the studio musicians who who made it work, right? I mean, a, a singer, songwriter might come in with a melody and the basic chord changes, but as far as making it a hit, I mean, that was musicians like those in the Wrecking Crew that made them hits. And Glenn Campbell was one of those guys. Glenn Campbell was also a member of the Beach Boys uh, for a while. He was in the Champs. Remember the song Tequila? Glenn Campbell was in the Champs. And he went to L.A. to be a studio musician. And oh, by the way, he just happened to be a great singer, too. And so that he kind of took off as a as a singer in the 60s. But his whole his original intention was to be a studio musician. But he is just a consummate professional, consummate performer, uh, world class guitar player, any style. I mean, he could play any style. He you know, his genre of choice was usually country, but he could play anything. And again, he's one of the artists that I grew up with as a kid. Lots of records of Glenn Campbell around, listened to a lot of that. Another musician that I have a very soft spot for. I would love to hear your guilty pleasures. Share with me those artists 
that you would never admit <laughs> that you liked uh, to your hard rock and friends. I, I just think that would be fun to hear. Email me at classicguitarrock at mail.com. Guys, this has kind of been a meandering episode, but these are these are some things I've just been thinking about and, and wanted to talk about. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Again, email me, classicguitarrock at mail.com. If you like the podcast, please follow, subscribe, share it with your friends, and we will see you next time on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Oh, sweetie. Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We're not ordinary people. <laughs> We're morons. We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.